If you don't have school-age children right now, just understand that the parents you know, at best, they are anxious at worst, they're terrified. COVID-19 cases have predictably risen almost everywhere across the country as schools have reopened, just like they've risen almost everywhere around the world as kids return to the classrooms. With that, obviously comes worry. Are schools safe? What happens if someone at my child's school gets infected? What if it's someone in my kid's class? And if you think that parents are nervous, imagine how the kids are feeling. You're going back to school or maybe trying to balance the classroom with learning from home. You're not allowed to hang out with your friends except with masks and at a distance. Yet you're still supposed to share rooms with them. Your teachers are all masked. They're measuring space between your desks to keep you as far apart as possible. And in all this, you're supposed to go on with learning. That's not easy. And we've spoken to educators and to child psychiatrists about this stress. But we also wanted a look at it from someone who can offer wisdom from the front lines. A teenager who is also an expert in dealing with kids and grief and mental health. A teenager who is also just a regular teenager who has spent the past six months dealing with something that no teenager should have to cope with, but millions of them are. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Andy Binow is 15. He goes to school. He's a regular teenager. He is also the author of a series of children's books and an expert on grief. Hello, Andy. Hello. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on. Uh, it's nice to talk to uh, somebody who's going through what all the other teens in Canada are going through right now. Are you back at school? Uh, yes, I am. How's it been? Well, you know, I live in Florida and we've had quite an aggressive opening plan, but uh, I decided after speaking with my family to uh, attend in-person classes instead of doing online, uh, kind of just to see how it goes, see what safety measures they implement. Were you nervous before going back to school? I, I mean, not not really, because, you know, being inside for six or seven months, it uh, it gets claustrophobic. Every day it feels the same. Uh, you know, I didn't really have a good routine. Waking up at 10 a.m. every day, sitting around, not really doing much. But, you know, going back to school has really given me structure in my day and you know, giving me a little bit of a routine so I can get back on, on on track and enjoy my days more. Let's talk a little bit about the past uh, six or seven months, because one of the reasons um, that I was excited to talk to you is to get a sense of uh, how this whole thing has been uh, through the eyes of a teenager, somebody who would ordinarily be doing, you know, uh, wonderful free summer things. Do you remember the first few weeks of lockdown when you kind of got the sense that that this wasn't going away anytime soon? Yeah, we were approaching the end of spring break, uh, just about April in Florida. And, you know, I said bye to my friends when we were uh, just ending the break there. Uh, I thought I would see them after the two weeks, and I had no idea that we would be closed down. But uh, first, they moved back the break for two weeks. And, you know, after that, it became apparent that they were closing down and 
weren't planning to reopen anytime soon. So it was, I don't know, it was, it was strange. You know, I, I don't really know how to describe it. Just that feeling of you think you're just going to go back to school two weeks, see all your friends, and suddenly you hear the school is going to be closed for four months until summer. As it kind of dragged on, how are you feeling and how, how are your classmates and peers feeling? Because you've got, um, understandably, and we'll talk about it in a minute, you've got some skills to help you deal with this, but maybe not all of them do. Well, you know, I, I think for a lot of my classmates and, you know, just teenagers in general right now, uh, especially the outgoing ones, it's really challenging because, you know, every day they go, we all go and hang out with friends, do whatever. Um, but especially the outgoing ones, they really lean on uh, their friends and others for support. And, you know, in this time, they really haven't had that opportunity now, I'm a little bit in the middle of outgoing and, and being an introvert. So, uh, you know, I had it a lot easier than others. But, I mean, I can imagine it's it's really been challenging for those that, uh, you know, rely on the support of others heavily. A lot of your work is communicating uh, with kids and with teens. And I wonder if you and, and your classmates had any conversations sort of about how you're doing uh, amid all this and, and how it feels and you know, trying to trying to get at that uh, that sense of anxiety and that the world's been turned upside down. For some reason, in this long of a of a lockdown, it's it's felt like we've all created an identity of being quarantined. Um, you know, maybe developing a sense of laziness. So, you know, we just don't take the initiative to call our classmates and ask, you know, how are you doing. Uh, how are you feeling? Because there is absolutely a lot of, uh, you know, anxiety going around right now. I really fell into that trap of, you know, laziness and not taking the initiative to call my friends. So, you know, it's it's sad to say, but no, I haven't really had any uh, good conversations with my friends in this, uh, this uh, lockdown, unfortunately. Give me a sense of uh, some of your own background and some of the work you've already done uh, with your children's books and how it prepared you for this. Just tell tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, my whole life, I've been kind of brought up and, uh, you know, taught in the subject of, of grief and, and loss. Uh, my mom was a cancer survivor. Uh, my dad was also. Uh, I lost my close friend when I was nine years old. Um, and I was really sad, but I took that outlet and I wrote my first children's book called uh, The Superdog Sam to cheer his sister up. And seven years ago, that's when I began my journey uh, up to making what we have now, all our Superdog Sam grief healing workbooks, uh, which, is, which are, is a story and a workbook to try to help uh, children and teenagers when they're going through uh, loss and grief. Uh, and also Grief Heroes Foundation, which is the nonprofit that I helped found uh, actually during this time in quarantine. Tell me about the foundation. So Grief Heroes Foundation, basically we want to support children and teenagers that are going through grief after the loss of a parent or a sibling or someone close to them in their family. Uh, we really want to help them heal and recover from that. Part of our foundation's initiative is uh, to provide them with the adequate resources 
that they need to recover from loss, either through incarceration, death, deportation, or, you know, big life challenges, like if they lose their home, uh, et cetera. Uh, and also resources for the parent uh, and, you know, caregivers, because sometimes parents and adults just simply don't know how to help their child. So we really just want to kind of solve this ongoing problem of children losing someone close to them and being faced with silence and having, uh, you know, inadequate help. We, we really strive to change that. How should parents be approaching their kids um, about their mental health and about how they're feeling at a time like this? Because I think all parents, and, and I'm one of them, uh, though my daughter's really young, are wondering what's the right way to, to talk to them about something that can probably seem incredibly overwhelming and scary? Well, you know, it's, 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 it's really, mental health is a challenging uh, topic normally, but, you know, in a, especially in a time like this where everyone's uh, cooped up at home and uh, there's a lot of anxiety going around and not having a good structure, uh, it's, it's, it, it can be difficult to talk to your children but it's important that if you want to help them uh, maintain their mental health, you need to give them some kind of structure. Uh, that may be through giving them a schedule when they go to sleep, when they wake up, uh, when they eat during the day, when they do, if they're doing online, when they do their schoolwork. Give them some kind of structure because the fact is kids and teenagers need some kind of normal. And if they don't have it, it's really going to affect their mental health. As far as talking with them goes, for parents, you got to know that there is a limit to approaching your child. You can't be pushy. So you need to let them know that you're there to talk if they need it. And they may not say that they want to talk right now, and that's absolutely fine. But just letting them know that you are there if they have something going on it can help them more than than you may think. Can you give me an example beyond sort of, uh, hey, just so you know, I'm here if you need to talk, which I think is, you know, kind of the boilerplate for parents. Um, are there any better ways uh, to to make sure that they know that, but also to encourage conversation when they're ready? Yeah, you know, one of one of the good ones, um, and and this doesn't just uh, apply to people who are grieving. This just applies to. Uh, you know, anyone, any child, uh, any person struggling with, with mental health or being on the verge of struggling with mental health, validate that what they are feeling is okay. So by saying, hey, listen, it's okay to be feeling whatever you're feeling. Um, it's really simple. It's really short. But, you know, it, it lets them know that what they're feeling is okay. If they know that, uh, it can make them less ashamed and, as you said, open up conversation more um, because most kids or teenagers, uh, they don't want to open up because they may feel that they may feel embarrassed. They may feel ashamed of what they're feeling or they might feel, uh, you know, what they're feeling is not OK. Uh, but by saying this, validating their emotions, uh, it can really help them open up to you. You mentioned that it's really important for parents and caregivers to uh, provide some normalcy in their kids' lives. Uh, and I wanted to know, 
how far do you go in that direction? You know, it seems to me like a really fine line between like trying to pretend that, you know, everything is fine and this is just different and we'll work on this schedule and, and everything's okay. Um, and, and being honest with them about like, this is, this is a difficult time and, and mom and dad are scared too. And we don't know what's going to happen. It, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a difficult line because, you know, you're absolutely right. You can't pretend that everything's fine right now. And if you have a teenager, I guarantee uh, that they know all about what is happening and they're on their phones reading the news every day uh, about what's going on in COVID. And, and that's why it, it, it's definitely important in being honest and letting them know that, you know, it, it, it's, it's strange times right now. It's going to be difficult. But, you know, to get through it, we need to create some kind of structure. Uh, it's very important to let your child know that something is going on, but to help them get through it, they really need to try to structure their lives as they normally would. How did you do it? Because you mentioned at the beginning of this conversation that uh, you spent a lot of time just kind of being lazy and aimless at the beginning of this. And how did you break out of that? Well, um, my mom and our other team member and co-founder Callie had been really hard at work with the books and I was just kind of sideline watching for for some of it. And, you know, I, I, I think, <laughs> to, to be honest with you, one day my computer broke. And it's really, it's, it's really simple, but that made me open my eyes and realize how much more there was to do. Uh, that was my push out the door. And that's when I decided to actually really get involved uh, in the foundation and just by working on this, uh, on the foundation and, and working on the workbooks, uh, it helped me get into that normal and helped me kind of create a routine that I simply didn't have before when I was lazy, sitting around gaming all day. So smash your kid's computer, which is advice I think a lot of parents would be happy to hear. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think um, it's kind of like you can lead the horse to the to the to the water, but you can't make it drink. It can be hard to get your kids into that. Sometimes, and this goes with everything, they just need to find their own little nudge, their own little nudge out of the door that makes them say, hey, um, you know, I got I to gotta do something about this. Now, that's easier with older kids. With younger kids, uh, you're going to, you know, have to face the difficulty of, you know, creating that routine for them, even if it's a little bit involuntary on, on, on their part. What about um, kids who are dealing with or are uh, anxious or worried about dealing with losing a family member to COVID? Um, you know, we know how deadly this virus can be to elderly people. And I know there's a, a lot of anxiety amongst uh, parents with kids that I know uh, of them not being able to say goodbye to their, their grandparents should it come to that. Well, you know, in, in this time, closure after a loved one dies is definitely uh, one of the biggest challenges that uh, both children and parents will face when it comes to losing a, a grandparent or, or uh, somebody who's, who is susceptible to dying from COVID. Normally, uh, someone dies, you can go have a beautiful funeral you can lay them to rest properly. Um, but for a long time, 
during these crazy times, you haven't been able to go out and have the proper ceremony because of social distancing. Um, and this really leaves children with no, again, no closure, no answers. And that's why it's really important, parents, it's really important that you help your child express their emotions in one way or another. There's a few ways you can do this. They can either be, they can either write. If they're older, writing might be their output. As I touched on a little bit earlier, uh, when I lost my close friend, uh, my outlet for my grief was in writing that children's book uh, to make his sister happy, to cheer her up. Um, so that's one way to find an outlet for your kids. The other one can be drawing. For example, you can draw a picture of you with grandpa or draw your perfect funeral or ceremony that you would have wanted for your grandpa. Uh, and then you can create a memory box where you put all of the lost loved ones' things inside uh, so they can really treasure it and keep the memory alive. But really just anything that can help your child express their emotions that they like to do uh, can really help them with closure in, in this time. Andy, thank you so much uh, for having this conversation with us today and uh, good luck back to school. Thank you so much. Andy Banau, who should be back at school enjoying his life instead of talking to us about grief. That was The Big Story. For more, head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. You can find all the episodes there. You can talk to us on Twitter at TheBigStoryFPN. You can email us. The address is TheBigStoryPodcast, all one word, all lowercase, at rci.rogers.com. And of course, we're in your favorite podcast player anywhere, anytime. Listen, subscribe for free, rate, review, tell your friends, all that good stuff. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow.